Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Our guest today is Chris Baird, president of the Baird Group. Chris, I'm super excited to be talking to you today. It's great to be here, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And you are known to be a culture catalyst, working with healthcare leaders to achieve high employee engagement, retention, and consistent positive patient experiences. You've been busy. You've authored five books. You're a national expert on healthcare culture, leadership, and patient experience. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump in. Well, my background is in nursing, which gives me a great perspective on um, patient experience, of course, and being right there in the thick of things with the patients. I also have background in marketing and business development. I spent quite a bit of my career uh, working with healthcare organizations to improve market share, business, communication, reputation. So um, I'm having a blast just pulling all of that together with my clinical background. So that's really interesting because you have a skill set that is not incredibly typical to nurses or nurse leaders. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey, how you got there? Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of a, a twisted road. There wasn't any straight path. I've always been um, a writer. Uh, since I was a kid, I always knew I would be writing books and things like that. Um, but I, I had a, an affinity for being able to tell the story of the healthcare organization. And so I ended up getting promotions into business development and marketing and actually did my master's thesis on patient perceptions of quality in clinical settings. And this was before the term patient experience even existed. And so when I did that, I started to shift my focus really um, to include not only the clinical side, but to look at, at what healthcare does through the lens of the patient. And, you know, qualities in the eye of the beholder. So that kind of opened the door for me to really start to represent the voice of the consumer. And so it's been, it's been a fun ride. I, I've had a lot of great opportunities and um, 
yeah, have been able to look at, at healthcare from the lens of the clinical side as well as through the consumer. That's probably an incredibly helpful thing in today's healthcare environment. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, you know, I think for too long, healthcare was a little bit arrogant that we didn't need to do marketing. We didn't need to worry about reputation because people would flock to us because we have these wonderful doctors and this great technology. And, you know, um, and it, it really wasn't until like the 80s when people started saying, um, we have to start treating healthcare more like a business and be concerned about customer service. And so that really opened my eyes to what it is that, what what does it take to build business, to build market share? Nobody's going to, you know, want to go to um, a healthcare facility organization unless they get really, have a really good experience. You know, they assume quality in terms of the clinical because they, they figure you're a hospital, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you know, you should know what you're doing. Um, so it, it really was a mind shift, I think, for healthcare to really start thinking about the patient experience. And so I was, I was pretty much on the bleeding edge of that whole movement uh, beginning in the, in the 90s and moving forward. I love that. And, and it's a, actually, it's the perfect segue. Help, help us understand what does the Baird group do? Well, I always like to start with the why, you know, our bigger why is that um, we are here to make healthcare better for patients and the people who serve them. And, and we really believe that healthcare is the ultimate in human service. It's people caring for people. And we also believe that the the people who choose to work in healthcare really want to make a difference. They care about other people, but they get really busy and they get bogged down. And sometimes they lose sight of that, that compassion and empathy or, or at the very least, the, the consumer's or patient's perspective. And so we believe that, that with attention to the culture and attention to, you know, really focusing on values and then giving people tools that, that you can create a better healthcare organization. So that's the bigger why, but, you know, the what is if you think about I always say picture us as a magnifying glass, a mirror, mm -hmm. and a map, okay? So we go into organizations and we do culture assessments, including medical mystery shopping. So that's the, that's the magnifying glass. We're going to look really deeply into your organization. What is that patient experience? What's the why behind your patient satisfaction scores? What are the beliefs and attitudes among the people on the front lines that are creating the current patient experience? So that's the magnifying glass. Then comes the mirror. We're going to hold up the mirror with detailed reports saying, you know, this is what we're seeing. And then comes the roadmap. And the roadmap is really helping the organization to define the culture of the future, the desired culture of the future, 
And then after the culture assessment, we're going to be doing a gap analysis and say, you want to be here, but you're over here. And these are the gaps that need to be closed in order to move you along that roadmap. And then we, you know, walk side by side and co-create with them the path. So people often call us and say, we need training. We need customer service training. Well, okay, maybe, but perhaps you need to take a deeper look at what the culture really is and where you want it to be. And what I love about that is that we often make assumptions in our own organizations. So back to your customer service training, many of us throughout the course of our nursing leadership careers have received different types of training. And oftentimes that's, um, one of those things where, you know, when you're a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail kind of thing. <laughs> and it just feels like you must be so crazy busy right now because the challenges we have today are are dissimilar in some ways than they were in the past. Yet there's some very common themes that are just not new at all. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think it's important with all of the change that we have been through in healthcare and in the world over the last few years, I think it's incredibly important for us to stop and think about what isn't changing, okay? And what isn't changing is the fact that people come to us in healthcare when they are at their most vulnerable times. They're frightened. They're uncertain, they're, they're overwhelmed, and they need for everybody they come in contact with, whether it's the person answering the phone or at the front desk or the, the clinical personnel, doctors, nurses, they need all of us to be on our best and giving them our best. And that is one thing that has not changed. And even though with the crisis that we've been through, a lot of us have taken the eye, our eye off the ball um, when it comes to service and patient experience. But from the consumer perspective, they haven't lowered their standards. So what's interesting about this is that we are in, what, year three, year four of just a workforce crisis beyond crisis. What's the impact that workforce issues are having on the patient experience and, and how do we find a way through that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I just came from a meeting with my team where we are doing an analysis of pre-COVID, post-COVID um, analysis from mystery shopping data. And what was remarkable to all of us was when we were looking at the data, we found that things like patient perceptions of empathy and caring and friendliness and courtesy on the phone um, all remained really high uh, throughout the whole COVID crisis and following. What's, what's really gotten lower is um, their satisfaction with access. You know, that that part has really changed. And so you brought up the, the 
the staffing crisis. I mean, that is very real. I mean, it's real at every level. I mean, you and I right away think about nursing, but it's a crisis at every facet in healthcare. Um, the people answering the telephones, the people scheduling the appointments, you know, the people at the front desk. I mean, almost every position seems to really be struggling. And the thing that that I keep coming back to is, you know, when we look out into the future, the ones who are focusing on culture are going to be way ahead of the game. Because when you focus on culture, you're providing meaningful work with people who care and you're creating leaders nobody wants to leave. So when you're focusing on culture, you're setting yourself up for a higher rate of retention. And if you can, you know, curb the turnover by improving retention, boy, you're way ahead of the game. And no amount of money throwing, you know, sign-on bonuses and shift bonuses and you name it bonuses, that only is going to satisfy for so long. It's really people are, are, are wanting, they're hungry for organizations that really see them, hear them, value them. You know, what's interesting about this is as, as you're talking, it makes me think we have done all professions an inherently unhelpful thing by not putting more emphasis on the training and development support work we can do for future or current leaders on building and sustaining cultures. It's in so many missions, it's in so many values, yet we don't really train people how to create a good one. Right. And you know, Bonnie, you've hit on something really important, and that is we mean well by promoting people from within, but the truth of the matter is you're a staff nurse one day, and because you were very good as a staff nurse, they've made you the manager. And, you know, um, we have a lot of that in healthcare. And when I was doing research just prior to, and at the very beginning part of COVID, I was, I was doing qualitative research to assess why nurses were leaving nursing. You know, little did I know what was on the horizon, but really when in talking to CNOs from all over the country, they all said, look, I, I had good intentions when I brought people up from the ranks. I had good intentions of coaching and training and modeling and mentoring, but it didn't happen. And and the two common denominators that almost every single one of them talked about that was at the at the core of nurse turnover was leadership and culture. And of course, the two are inextricably linked. Yeah, I think that that's fascinating. And now here we are at a time that we have never seen turnover higher. We And it isn't just in nursing. We're seeing just exponential numbers of physicians leaving. Uh, respiratory therapy is in dire straits right now. We are just at a point in healthcare where it's impacting every discipline and, and it seems as though, while culture in and of itself isn't the answer, having a good culture 
at least begins to open the door to other conversations that staff might be willing to engage in. I agree with that. Um, You know, at the core of a good culture is communication, right? And so when you talk about, you know, the, the conversation that is that is at the at the core of a healthy culture is making sure you have a good good healthy communication throughout the organization so knowing where we are today when you look down the road and you look into the future what does experience look like from a patient perspective and an employee perspective in the future where are we going from here well as i said earlier The one thing that is not changing is that people will turn to us at their most vulnerable times, right? So that's the part that's not changing. And so as we look to the future, we've got to be looking at how to engage the heart. Um, And that, again, gets back to the culture. You know, we've, we've got to have cultures that embrace the employees and not give them the task list, but start with the bigger why. You know, I think that that the organizations that manage to really come from a, a, a bigger why and communicate that to each and every employee, you know, what we do in healthcare and how we do it in healthcare, you know, we may think we're really unique, but we're not. The what and how of what we deliver in healthcare is pretty much the same across the board. People get sick, they come to the emergency room, and you know, you've got this emergency room, I've got that emergency room, we've got this technology, you've got that technology. Um, it's the bigger why. And when you can connect your people to that bigger why, why do we do this work? Why is what you do here so important? Um, that's going to engage them at a higher level. And in the future, I, I really believe that the leaders who focus on culture before anything else really, really define what the culture needs to be and then goes on to define, okay, if this is what we want the culture to be, then we have to also look at who do we need to be as leaders to move this organization down that path. So the ones who focus on culture are the ones that are going to definitely come out ahead, whether it's, you know, retention, whether it's the, the scores, um, you know, that they're getting for patient satisfaction or high clinical quality. I think the ones that focus on culture are going to come out on top. You know, I, I that feels like it, it's just so true. I, do a lot of work in the technology and innovation space and talk a lot about culture because really innovation, the best ideas, the most transformational ideas in the world are not going to work unless you can create a culture that's willing to adopt change. So everything goes back to culture. It does. I mean, when you look at high reliability organizations, right? We, we often think about um, the technology and the systems and the processes, but honestly, the ones that are most successful adopt that culture, that mindset. And that mindset not only goes for what you, how you perform clinically, but it also means the patient experience. 
Yeah, I, I think you're really on to something here. And this is a great place for us to put a pin in it today. And I just want to thank you, Chris, for helping us really think about culture in a much broader and it feels like much more relevant sense. So thank you for being with us today on Healthcare Soothsayers. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. Absolutely. So be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Chris's contact information and to learn more about the Baird Group. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.